the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. My name is Spud, Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> man. <laughs> and you have just landed on a radio program that some may ridicule as not worthy of your time, but remember, even if we are truly not worthy, you still might enjoy the next 58 and a half minutes. Why? Because for one thing, we are nothing like any other radio show on the air. Yes! This is not debatable, all right? You know, that also may in fact not be a good thing, though, as, as most stuff that is as a little bit different isn't exactly embraced by more than a bushel of people. But if you are in that bushel, welcome aboard, all right? Uh, let me now introduce our show's designated laugher, uh, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a quick snappy chuckle, if you would. <laughs> How about that? Um, could, could, could we do a, maybe a uh, do-over? What? I, you know, I, I know you can take your game to a higher level. Oh, very well. Here goes. <laughs> I hope that was satisfactory. Yep, I, I think you nailed it. All right. Now I must sort of introduce our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, hey, man, uh, can you pipe up with, like, a word or two, but each word must contain two or less syllables? How about that? Uh, well, that presents a bit of a challenge. How about, hi there. That would meet the criteria you just laid out. Yeah, but it's a weak acknowledgement. Yeah, even weaker than my first chuckle, if you ask me. Oh, oh okay. How about... Well, hey, if let's I just get the show going and forget about well, your I, substandard I response. All right. so, so I was going to bring up the topic of, do we really need to change the oil in our cars every 3,000 miles? I mean, that one is like the don't go into the pool right after eating a sandwich thing. <laughs> but, you know, something <laughs> happened last night, and, uh, and I wanted to discuss it, and I, it, it, I changed my mind totally. Because I had a dream, a wild dream. I swapped lives with Michael Jordan. It was amazing. It was the best dream I have ever had. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. Well, most men dream about women, Spud, but you always were a bit different. Michael Jordan, huh? Now, okay, he was a basketball player, right? Well, I mean, there is an actor uh, named Michael B. Jordan, and he's really good, but of course the basketball player, the greatest player ever born. Well, you know, I always wanted to totally dominate in something, and I did in this dream as I ruled the NBA. <laughs> and, you know, I, and, you know, when he quit the first time and went, you know, tried baseball, not so much. Mm. But anyway, if, if I only could figure out a way to continue that dream, that's what I'm obsessed with right now. Like the... The sequel, if I could, you know, I only, I only had six world championship rings when the neighbor, you know, doing the recycling woke me up. And I was really pissed as there's mm. no guarantee I'm going to be able to start that sequel, all right? And, and, you know, bring the dream up where I left off. Uh, who knows? I could have won a couple more championships. I don't think so. 
Aren't you a bit old to be dreaming about being a pro basketball player? I, I could see you dreaming about being on Sirius or uh, NPR, but sports-wise, you're way past your prime, Spud, so it's just not plausible. You dick! It was a freaking dream, man. Well, you know, um, I don't seem to dream much these days, and I miss it. Yeah, it's, it's not like an every night kind of thing for me, but when I do dream these days, it's a full-on 3D IMAX production. Wow. It, it, it was incredible hitting that fadeaway jumper against Utah and Byron Russell in Game 6 to win the title. I was really glad it didn't go into overtime as I was exhausted. I don't know what the hell is going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. You know... I gotta tell you, I don't have vivid dreams myself, at least not since my teenage years. When I was on my two-year mission, I would continually dream about my mother's home cooking. I could almost taste her chicken and dumplings in some of my dreams. Oh. What the hell, yo? What young man dreams about chicken and dumplings? That is flat out wrong. Well, my mother was a great cook, Mrs. Jarvis. I so, see. It, so if you could swap lives with someone in real life, who would it be, man? Hello. I'm Mr. Red. Well, first, why would I want to swap lives with anyone? I am very happy with my current lot in life. I love my wife and kids. I love my job here yeah, yeah, and yeah. also at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. What more could a man want? Hey. That free jingle from your other place of employment will be dealt with later. Uh-oh. Anyway, so okay. let me hit you with this. So you would not want to spend even a day or two as, say, Mitt Romney? Really? Ooh, Mitt Romney. Well, you know, that would be unbelievable. But it would have to be before he ran for president, as I would not enjoy that level of exposure. Uh, maybe when he was running the Olympics in Salt Lake City. I mean, I don't want to be well-known for politics or something like that. I'd like to be well-known someday, but people running for president, they're beat up so badly, and it, it just doesn't look like a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't want to go to that dinner he had with Trump after the election, you know, remember? Oh, when when yeah, Mitt yeah. begged to be Secretary of State? I don't think it's going to happen. That was a little humiliating for the Mitster. I don't know if you Definitely skip that phase, too, all right? Anyway, we can continue the discussion, but right now I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be interviewing a little later on in the program. Say hello to A View of Earth from the Moon.
is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, it's Carrot Top, and somehow, somehow, I've been talking it on the damn Spud Goodman Show. How the f*** has this happened? Uh, Spud, your first guest, Thomas Hayden Church, is ready to go. Okay, I like this guy. I, I interviewed him, like, I don't know, 20 years ago for my TV show, and I didn't annoy him, you know, too much. Well, I guess not, as he was on our radio show about right. a year ago, too. And now he's willing to speak to you again. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, most of my guests have agreed to come back on the show. I, I can count on one finger those who maybe didn't have a positive experience. Well. Okay, maybe Newt Gingrich, you know, uh, sounded like he wasn't too crazy about me, but I think he, you know, sort of liked me. I don't think so. You know, Newt was one of my favorite guests, so I sure hope I he does come back on our show. I don't think you should have asked if Donald Trump had ever apologized to him or anyone for saying mean things about them. You know, his wife works for the president as an ambassador, and that was an uncomfortable moment for everybody. Just part of my job. Hey, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so getting back to Thomas, you know, the second season of his HBO series Divorce is now airing. Um his character split up with his TV wife, Sarah Jessica Parker, in season one, and it didn't go well, but it was very entertaining. So just put him through. Yeah, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor, director, and writer Thomas Hayden Church. Thanks for checking in with us, man. Spy, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Okay, so season two of your HBO series, Divorce, is now airing uh, Sunday nights at 10, 9 central. I did watch all of season one, and I must say it, it brought on a bit of PTSD for me. I haven't gone through a couple divorces myself. They're not much fun, but I have to say your show's pretty darn funny. Well, thank you. And, and to say that for season one is particularly uh, uh, flattering because we... We didn't go for the laughs so much in season one. We 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 kind of wanted it to be at times a fairly stark portrayal of a family being torn apart. And and uh, critics and audience alike after season one, uh, people you know it, it said that it was a it was a treacherous journey at times. Uh, but you know that's we wanted it to be as close to the human experience as possible and. You know, for season two, we we wanted that to be behind us, a lot of the doom and, and darkness behind us. And, and we really, we kind of now, we want to examine what their lives are going to be like as individuals. They're no longer, you know, their identity is no longer as a unit. They're now individuals and they're going to have their journeys and new new people are going to come in and out. And But well. also spend a lot of time... Uh, kind of working on, on the stories of our children and our friends. Right. Well, your character, Robert, has to deal with splitting up with his wife played by Sarah Jessica Parker. I have to say, that would be much tougher than what I had to deal with. I mean, I mean my ex-wives were wonderful women, but losing Carrie Bradshaw would be a major hit to the psyche. <laughs> well, thankfully, she's not Carrie Bradshaw. She's uh, Frances Dufresne. Yes. And, uh, well, you get what I'm saying. You know, look, there, there's a lot of betrayal and misery that accompanied our decision to get a divorce and so uh, while I do think Robert still loves his ex-wife uh, you know there's a lot of reasons that they have to be apart and yeah. you know those 
those diverging trails are there for a reason. You know, she she wants to find a way back to happiness and emotional health, and so does he. So, you know, waving goodbye to, to, to Francis, not completely, but, you know, on some level, it's, 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 the, it's the healthiest thing for Robert. Right. Well, did you do much research? I mean, what, did you learn much from other divorced men to bring to this role? Anything, anything at all specific? Or no, I, I, I never did any any sort of you know like precision sort of uh, you know homework or you know you you're, you said research. No, but look, I'm a, I'm a middle aged man. I'm 57 years old. There's no way that a 57-year-old man in our society hasn't been touched. Yeah. Uh, friends, family, parents, even children, uh, you know, touched in some way by divorce. And and so I've never been married, but I, I do have an ex, and we share two children. And, you know, we had to have a custody agreement, and, and you know, I had, you know, lawyers had to be hired, and things had to be resolved, and... And now, all these years later, it is fairly amicable. It, it, in fact, it, it is amicable, but it, it wasn't. And I had to go through, you know, the breakup and all of that. And, right. And the division of a family, which is never, that's never cool. And that's really, we spent a lot of time looking at that, that, that a, a family torn apart, not just a, a marriage and a man and woman, but a family. Right. And, and everything... You know, her parents and our friends and, and you know, our, you know, our children's parents and, and you know, it's, I mean, our, our children's friends' parents and, you know, like people that, that you know, that were around at, at their school and, and how everybody kind of reacts to it. And it's a weird thing, you know, it's, it's divorce. It, 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 people, you know, they, they view it as a malignancy and... And it's like they don't want to, they don't want to get too close to it, uh, you know, that for fear that there's there's some contagion is gonna yep. fly onto them. Yep, yep, uh, I definitely have seen that. Yeah. But I very much agree with Thomas's observation here. As my wife feels, it is best I not associate with divorced men. Oh, uh, hey, Thomas, I'll be back in a sec. What are you babbling about? Well, I'm just saying, my wife Rachel believes divorced men can have a negative influence over happily married men. It can be on almost a subliminal level. Um, dude, you work with me. Oh, yeah. She gives me a waiver with you, you know, for professional purposes. Oh, Gerald, divorced men are the best as they have already been housebroken. And they've hopefully learned all the trigger points of potential conflict. Well, I'm not a serial dater like you, Mrs. Jarvis. What? I'm an extremely happily married man myself. Like, really, really happily married. Uh, if you say so. Uh, let me just get back to Thomas. Uh, away from showbiz, do you still live on that ranch in Texas with, like, horses and cows? Because, you know, uh, you must know some real-life oh, yeah. cowboys, right? Um... I mean, I'm not a cowboy. I am a am a rancher, though. Oh. Um, in fact, I was cool. yesterday evening, even after dark, it was dark. Got dark on us. We were feeding cattle and checking on. This time of the year you, is whenever you get all your newborn calves. They, they come in the 
Right. Uh, however, the biology works, uh, but it's how uh, God chose uh, their cycle to be. But all those baby calves get born right smack in the middle of winter. But uh, we were out checking. We we run cattle on four different ranches. Um, <clears throat> I do. I don't live on my ranch all the time. It's a. It's. I live in town, uh, about 35 miles away, because my daughters live over here, and they're getting older, and activities, and the things. Whenever you have a teenage daughter and, and an eight-year-old, all the stuff that that I have to be involved in with them. But, right. but no, yeah, no. It's it's definitely. Uh, 18 years and counting that I've been a rancher, um, and, and yeah, you know, it's uh, especially in the wintertime, it's an everyday job. You've got to be feeding and checking every day. I mean, our, our winters are not harsh, harsh, but it was 25 degrees here this morning, and Dang. last week uh, we were down in the single digits. Uh, we had a, a really harsh cold front. And, and when, you, when it's real cold like that, you've got to feed them every day. And we're feeding, oh, I don't know, 200 head. Jeez. So it's an everyday thing. You know, we're on a station in Liberty County, Texas now, I guess. And uh, when, I, I should send them a shout-out. Howdy, I guess. Is, is that is that is Howdy considered lame nowadays in that part of the country? Maybe I should have gone with that. Um, What's up, partner? I don't I don't ever say it. Um, yeah, I don't ever say it. I think I maybe said it whenever I was a kid. Funny. But I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I believe it is a little bit of a dated greeting. All right. It, it, it's, it, it kind of, you know, howdy doody and, and it's, it's, I think it, it sort of became a bit cartoonish, uh, even in, in, in my lifetime. It, it, no, I don't, I don't know anybody that says howdy. What do you say uh, to a cowboy in Texas? Just curious. Um, what's going on? What's going on? All right. I just wrote that down. I want to thank you so much. Thanks for your time, though. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. This ain't government cheese. It's Spud. Goodman. Baby left me for another guy She dug him because he Had a meth lab in that tub of wine Trailer down the street He had a meth lab In that trailer down the street We now return to more action-packed Thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show Spud? Yeah? Well, the show's resident psychic, Ted Marr Is holding for you Very cool Put him through. Do his plug and then put him through. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Ted Marr's program, Out of This World, can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Say hello to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Welcome. Hi, Spot. It's great to talk to you today. Yeah, I thought I would bring up a topic that I'm sure you've been asked about in your career. Just, you know, the difference 
Is there any difference between a fortune teller and a psychic? I I've had my cards read before, and frankly, I didn't care for the cards I was dealt. Are these people that don't have superpowers like you and your fellow psychics, but still try and get by in the profession with a stack of tarot cards? Are they are they legit? It really depends. Um, and, and when you see someone like that, your first impression is usually the correct one. So if you resonate with somebody, uh, if you meet somebody like who says they're a fortune teller or a psychic, if you feel good about what they're saying, if you can feel like what they're telling you is genuine and true, then definitely go then then have a reading from them. However, if you um, if you get any kind of negativity from them or they're only interested in in in, um, in themselves or money, or if you get some negativity, then then back off. You have to kind of follow your, your heart mind with, with people like that. Hmm. You know, when, when I had my cards read, the lady said I was going to meet this really, really cool woman who would meet all my dreams and desires. And off, off the record, I do have a lot of desires. But, you know, it never happened. <laughs> I didn't meet the woman of my dreams. I'm still looking for her. Those cards she read turned out to be really crappy. So psychics don't have to shuffle and deal cards, right? I mean, you, you go without cards totally, correct? I usually don't use cards. I have a tarot set, several sets, oh. and sometimes I'll use them at my client's request, but usually I just sit quietly and let the messages come in. Right, Spud. Yes? Well, looking for help in finding the woman of your dreams through a deck of tarot cards is not only unwise, it's fruitless. The woman you were meant to be with is out there, and it will happen when the time is right. Uh, Ted, just, just a second. Yeah. That's what my mom used to say when she was alive. You know, going the tarot card route, it wasn't my first choice. But you know how much money I've blown on those dating sites? So it seemed like I should cover all of the bases and give it a shot at least. Well, I think you would be much more successful going to one of the single mingle nights at our single church. Single mingle nights? Yes. We put them on once a month, and there are a number of eligible women that, well, maybe they wouldn't take to you right away, but could learn to love you if you made some minor changes in your demeanor. What's wrong with my demeanor? Well, uh, I may not be a Mormon, but my demeanor is just fine. Just let me get back to Ted and wrap up the segment. My apologies, I'm back. Real quick, if you're interested in finding a, 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 a beautiful partner, um, I can. I, there's a love potion I can teach you sometime Ooh. if you like. Oh, yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I can give you a buzz when we're off the show and uh, find out about that. Well, I just wrote okay, that down. Sure. I'm giving you a call. Sure. Um, well, Happy to. But, Ted, have you ever had your cards read? And if it didn't go well, did, did you jump in and try to help out using your superpowers? Because that would, that would take a bit of the enjoyment out, I would think, of the experience. It would basically be like a self-serve card reading, right? <laughs> so funny. I have, I have a lot of friends who are psychics, and they give me readings all the time. And um, uh, there's one, one particularly friend, a good friend of mine, who likes to bring in John F. Kennedy, who I like to talk to and give messages from him. Right. Um, but, but, um, but it's wonderful listening to the other side, getting the messages. Um, um, I have another family member who's, who's very psychic, and I just talked to her earlier today. And we had a fascinating conversation. It's always fun talking to the other side and getting information from the spirit world. But, but I want to state this, I mean, this needs to be said. Uh, there's a difference between fortune tellers and psychics, correct? Because I know fortune tellers are cheaper, and in this world, you get what you pay for. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just you know, something I was curious about, and I think people need to know. There's a difference, right? Sure, I think there is a difference between the two. Um, but um, 
if you can if you can resonate with that person if that person has psychic abilities definitely they should be worth checking out as long as their heart's pure and and their intention is good for you well, the highest and best good for all of you okay but in my future i'm going to go with the best and see a certified professional psychic like you i just want to state that so <laughs> anyway all right well i'm gonna, I'm gonna thank you i want to thank you for calling in again and sharing your wisdom with us well thank you so much but it's always fun to talk to you mr ted marr When the flame reaches the line, a swordfish will drop. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Now that I've had some time to think about what you brought up earlier, Spud, I think I would really enjoy swapping lives with Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. Yeah, she was so glamorous and was such a strong woman. Liz, huh? You know, that would be fairly draining, Aunt Dorothy? Mm. For someone who never married, it would be quite a change in your lifestyle. Yeah. She did get hitched eight times, including the two times to Richard Mm -hmm. Burton. Actually, um, I didn't say I would swap lives with Liz forever and ever. Maybe for a month or two. Good call, yo. Yeah, you know, I was not a fan of Ms. Taylor's lifestyle. Being married to so many people, well, it's not God's will that we share our bed with so many different people. Didn't some of the dudes from your church have more than eight wives? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't cast that first stone if I was you. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does have a point, Gerald. The guy on that Sister Wives TV show uh, that used to be on TLC, you know, had what, 10 or 12? Y- yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Cody Brown had only four wives, you guys. L- let's at least try to be accurate well, well, that- here. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. That's more than four that I can handle right now. I got to say that. Well, that's, that's for sure. I mean, who would want to deal with all those to-do lists on the fridge each Saturday morning? You would never get to watch any college football games or get through all the, you know, the Keeping Up with the Kardashian episodes I have stored up on my DVR. I, it would just um, total my weekend. And then another woman I would not mind swapping lives with is Goldie Hawn. Kurt Russell is such a hottie. Uh, check and see if anyone is on the line. I'm, is hmm. that that's the best you can come up with, Aunt Dorothy? Anyway, well, maybe someone can. out there is, can, can call in on this topic of swapping lives, and it'll be compelling and maybe save the show. All that right. would be nice. All right. I, I, I'm checking with the interns. Uh, uh, oh, yes. Uh, they. I guess they have someone who's been holding for quite some time, Spud. Uh, you guys uh, can put it through. Call, are you there? Oh, yeah, yeah. You bet I'm there. Uh, you know who this is, right? No. What, what's your first name? I'm the I'm the NASCAR guy. Oh, or, or that's what that's what you guys call me. And and okay, look, don't hang up on me, okay? I, I just want to jump in here on this topic as as I would I would trade places with Richard Petty in a heartbeat. How cool would that be, huh? How does that resonate for you in the bedroom? Uh, not very cool, actually, at least to me. Okay, you know how about um. Dale Earnhardt. I think I would swap with him because he'd be my second choice. And then my third choice, that's going to be, a, I think, Jeff Gordon. You know what? Was that a minute ago I heard those race car sounds? That was Formula One. I'm sure that was Formula One. That, you know, that's like saying a football game is the same as a, ba- a baseball game because they're both games. They're totally different, you know. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Uh, you, you want me to get rid of him now, Spud? Yeah, I'm kind of sick of him already myself. Really, who gives a crap about NASCAR? Uh, well, hey, the votes are in, what? man. It's a landslide. Nobody likes you, all right? Later, dude. Hey. No, wait, wait. I, the reason I call... Now, now see if we, like, have a real guest to put on the show. 
Spud, your next guest, Keala Settle, is waiting to speak with you. Uh, now, she played the bearded lady in that movie, The Greatest Showman, right? Yep. And she sang a song from that movie on the recent Golden Globes. Uh, I think we're going to play a little bit of it before I speak with her. Oh. This woman, with or without the beard, can really sing. Yes! You know, just between you and me, my wife at, at times has excessive facial hair, but, but I mean, not a full beard. There are over-the-counter products to help deal with oh, it. Oh, I, sh I sure wish I had that problem. I mean, you have seen me with my sort of mustache, and oh, yeah. I know it's pretty weak. Well, our family watched that movie. It's about P.T. Barnum. You know, Hugh Jackman played him, and hey, I hey, thought hey, he hey, you know my rule. If I haven't seen the movie or TV show, I am in blackout status. Oh, yeah. No previews, clips, or word of mouth from friends or associates before I see it myself. It ruins it for me. Wait. Did you just identify me as your friend? Wow. I, I don't know what to say, Spud. I mean, no, we, I know that we'll we... Go, we'll go with associate, all right? Now, now put Keala through. Yeah, here she is. With the sharpest words wanna cut me down I'm gonna send a blood when I drown a I am brave, I am bruised I am who I'm meant to be This is me all right, we just heard a bit of our next guest performing the best original song. This is me from the film The Greatest Showman at the recent Golden Globes. Please welcome singer and actress Keala Settle. Thank you for coming on our show. Well, of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, the soundtrack from this movie uh, isn't doing too shabby still, huh? It hit number one on the <laughs> Billboard charts. And geez, Oprah, possibly our next president, put it on her most favorite list for 2017. Uh, not, yes. <laughs> not too shabby. Not too shabby is pretty much right. You're exactly right. Yeah, all right. Um, and I, I guess we also learned, uh, for, for people that weren't in, in the know, you, uh, Jackman, or, or Wolverine can really sing too, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He can do everything. I mean, he was. we were in filming mode uh, while he was doing a press tour for Logan. So he would go do a press tour and then come fly back grab the cane, grab the hat, and in dance rehearsals, continually trying to flip it so it looks just natural as all get out. I mean, it was, I was in awe watching him every day. He just, he never stops. He wow. never stops. Oh, all right, super. Well, yeah. I need to also say, you yourself have a new EP out titled Chapter One, so things are, are very, very much happening for you, huh? Yeah, they are. Thank you for saying that. I'm so excited about it. It just dropped yesterday on all digital music platforms, and it's one of those things that you, again, dream about and you kind of hope that you find the right fit of a music producer to sort of tap into what you need to kind of share with others through music, and I think I found it. I hope so. I, am, I had a good time making it, and we go into the studio on Monday to start the next album. All right, super. Well, I got to hit you yeah. with this. Uh, you played Letty Lutz, the bearded lady in The Greatest Showman, and I know you must be sick of people asking you beard questions, but how itchy was it officially for you on the set? I got it. Got it. I got to throw it out. <laughs> it actually wasn't itchy um, because I had such a great uh, makeup team that was with me all, like nonstop. They were on me like a fly on poop, for lack of a better term. They were on my face every time when the camera called cut, and they were standing there next to me, holding my hand. There was actually a group of people doing that, from hair and makeup and stunts, because uh, it's very easy to get claustrophobic. 
during doing those long hours uh, wearing that beard. And I did get claustrophobic a couple times, and I sort of had to sit down and just kind of breathe and grab a hand and um, sort of know that I was okay just to get through the next moment. But it was, it was kind of uh, intense. In well, a good way. I remember in the beginning, it was like I couldn't wait to get it on. I couldn't wait to get the beard on because it, that was who the character was. And that character sort of transformed into me when I would walk on set. And then by the end of March, the beginning of April, I'm going, I can't wait to not wear this again. I can't wait to not wear this again. I can't wait. Because it took, you know, almost two and a half hours every day in the chair. So so you never, you never wore it out like just for fun at night? You never kept it on? Ever? Okay. I mean, I thought about it, and then I said no. All right, all right. You know, I, I'm not gonna lie. From from looking at you, I, I was I'm was a little envious because you know I can't grow a decent beard, so I have no idea what it feels like to even have a full face of full facial hair. So I don't know. I was envious. Well, so. mine wasn't real, so I don't even know. I mean, I only know the fake version of it. Right. And what I do know is that you tend to always sort of run your fingers through your hair, which is so crazy. But your you body automatically it. starts doing that. Like, you almost kind of start self-grooming yourself. Yes. It's kind of bizarre. Well, you know, I I, I don't have that ability. I, my, when I run my fingers through my hair, I don't feel a lot. So that's just what I'm saying. So I'm a little <laughs> deprived in that area. Spud. Yeah? Well, I know how much mental anguish you undergo having such substandard hair. But you need to know that we men who have a full and healthy head of hair also have burdens to deal with. You know, for instance, we have to allot a greater amount of time in washing, drying, and styling it than men like yourself. You know, all you have to do is throw on your baseball cap each day and go out into the world. Uh, Kayala, just give me a moment here. Maybe so, but men like me do so with the full understanding that a strong gust of wind or, or say, attending a sporting event where you have to take your hat off, you know, when they do the national anthem, it's going to re- always reveals to the world the, blu- the brutal truth. We can't hide our fate 24-7. Oh. It's exhausting. Well, I myself prefer bald men. They really? are so much more attentive to a woman's needs. Well, thank you for acknowledging that, uh-huh. Aunt Dorothy. It feels good to be recognized. You're you know, welcome. M- my wife feels men who are losing their hair are often quite surly and antisocial, you know, with their displaced anger. Well, with all due respect to your wife, tell her to walk a few days in my shoes and see if she's feeling chipper, all right? Now let me get back to Kayala. In the past, you were in the touring company of, of Hairspray playing uh, Tracy Turnblad. Did you have to, like, inhale a ton of Aquanet Hairspray before each performance? Because I would, you know... No, they actually created a special can. Oh. That was the first time it was actually designed. Yes. That can is compressed uh, air and water. Okay, okay. I was, I was just wondering, because a long run, and you did you did a, a bunch of shows. I was thinking, that could take a toll Three on Three years, buddy. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. You got it. All right, all right. Well, last question, because I know you got to get going here. Uh, as, a, as a talk show host, I'm kind of required to ask this, so here we go. Um, Keala Settle, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? When Hugh Jackman grabbed my hand after we filmed the first day of This Is Me, and he said, you can't hide anymore. Yeah. That changed my life. That day changed my life. Wow, super. All right. Well, let's go with that one. I like it. All right. Well, let me remind everyone that, first of all, you have a new EP out, uh, Chapter One. It's out. I do. Yes. Thank you for mentioning it. Absolutely. It's called Kayala. 
chapter one, and it's five covers uh, of five significant songs that have been, you know, sort of pillars in my life. And uh, next week, Monday, so in like two, three days, we get to go back into the studio, Greg and I, and start the next album. We'll be starting that on Monday. All right, super. And also, the uh, the soundtrack uh, from The Greatest Showman uh, is still doing strong and available everywhere music is sold. So we want to thank you so much for checking in with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. All right, Miss Kayala Settle. For a genuine musical treat, Tune in to the Spud Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Say hello to a view of Earth from the moon. Hey, uh, guys, uh, for, first of all, that's a serious title for a band. i got to say that, very impressive. Please divulge your legal identities, but uh, you know, if this would compromise national security, you can just go with a nickname, whatever. Oh, man, I'm John. I play a guitar. I'm Jesse, I play drums. I'm Evan, I play guitar. I'm Navi, I play the bass. All right, super. Now, you guys have gotten killer reviews for your uh, new record titled Closer to a Ghost. I mean, how many bands get a write-up in the Huffington Post where they slobbered all over you? And uh, I guess I'll quote them right now if I can read this fine print. Let me, let me give this a shot. It is full of rafters, rattling, maximum yeah. power, pop, and lush, fully flowing, romantic... Three noti, three noties. I can't pronounce. You know that what? Word. I didn't know that word. Threnodies, I believe. Threnodies. Thank you means? for that. Threnodies? But let me finish this. It's it's it's, it's 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 heavy. It's uh, for people who have been aching for a big sounding, broken-hearted new masterpiece for a while. Damn. I mean, that's uh, I can't compete with that. I love the record, but I can't compete with those words. So let's just. It's damn good. Let me go with that. All right. Sure, that works. That right. works very well. Yeah. All right, super. Um, so uh, let's let's deal with the personal side of the band. Okay. Let's let's get into this. Um, you guys have stated. At least this is what I've read on the background on you guys. You have a preference for falafels and waffles. Uh, excuse me, falafels and naps. And here's my point. Um, I'm not a falafel guy. I'm more of a bear claw maple bar thing. Are you really? Is falafel all the way? Is that is that what we're here? This is a true. This is very true. Where did you hear this? It's, what sort of like? I have people. CIA connections. Have do you have? <laughs> I have people on the street. That's what they slip me. Is that true or not? This is very true. I, there was a falafel that I had. A falafel sandwich in the U District. I can't. At Aladdin's. It, was Aladdin's it Aladdin's grocery? That's the best place. For I actually cried a real yeah. tear from eating, and this is not a joke. I cried a real tear from this falafel sandwich. Wow. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Well, um, I'm like I said, not. I mean, I just need to find a better falafel place. I guess that's Maybe, it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'll give it another shot. All right. All right. Fine. It's right there on 43rd and University. All right. right. Yeah. <laughs> for our people that are listening around Tremendous. the world, I don't know. They can probably find their own falafel places, but. Um, so let, let me hit you with this, because uh, you know we're talking on the show about swapping lives. So if you guys could swap lives with any band uh, in the world, uh, who might that be? I'm gonna go first. This is a this is a discussion I've had a lot. So I'm a huge Beatles fan, like probably most people are, and I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan, like most people are. Mm -hmm. And um, I would never want to be a Beatle. I would never want to be Bob Dylan. But the person who got to like live that life and like hang out with their idols and like make music with their idols mm -hmm. was Tom Petty. Mm -hmm. Like he grew up loving the Beatles and, and Bob Dylan and everything. And then he eventually like was in the traveling Wilburys with oh, like yeah. his heroes. Right. So I, that to me seems like the perfect. You kind of covered all the bases on that. that. Yeah. You did. You got everybody almost in that. <laughs> Anybody else? All right, I settled for being Orbison. Right, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Wilburys era Roy Orbison. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then we're still in a band together. <laughs> <laughs> what are the long-term career goals of a view of Earth from the Moon? I got to ask you this. Uh, besides a few year-long stadium tours and a few intimate club dates sprinkled in, what are we talking about? 
uh, Tacoma Dome next next there fall. There you go. I think. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I want to keep making music and uh, sustain sustain myself playing music and travel and keep making records. Well, uh, the record that the new record, if if uh, future stuff's going to be like that, you have a very very bright career ahead of you. I want to say that for the record. So, so uh, what's the name of the next song? Yeah, so we're going to do one thousand miles apart. All right, let's do it.
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey man, this is Tommy Chong, and if you're listening to me, if you're listening to my voice right now, that means you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show, because I'm on that Spud Goodman Show every chance I get, man, because he's a real cool guy, and he's funny, and he gives you really good smoke if you beg him. Sriracha. I now use sriracha on all my food. Too much of it can actually change your mood. Like I will pour it on when at dinner if someone says I'm rude. And though I often then respond with something crude, no one seems to really mind as all my friends are degenerates who act quite lewd. I now use sriracha on all my food, even though it makes my irritable bowel syndrome flare up at times. My, how time flies. You know, the more I think about this life-swapping deal, the more I realize how much my life sucks in comparison to all sorts of famous people or even, oh, you know, regular non-famous people who are maybe at that, you know, um, oh. Sandals Resort where it's it's all-inclusive, man. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people that have lifestyles that um, I'm somewhat envious of, okay? I love, let's just put it that way. I get that. And I can understand your disappointment in how your life and career turned out so far. But you still have a couple of productive years left. So there's that. Couple? Keep your chin up. Yeah. You know, Spud, famous people have issues to deal with, too. They're not immune from the everyday problems and challenges we all face. Courtney, Chloe. Yeah, I know, and it does make me feel better when I read in People or Us magazine that some star who was married to a beautiful and talented woman got dumped like yesterday's trash. You know, that yeah. old misery loves company saying is so true, and especially with celebrities. It smells really good. I should say, though, I don't feel that great when something bad happens to a friend or even some average guy I don't even know. There's just not much joy for oh, me there. Well, I think that shows you are not totally devoid of a sense of humanity. Spud, I think they're telling me we have one last caller on the line. Do you, uh, do you want me to put it through? Is it a dude or a woman? Uh, I think they said it was a female. All right. You know, I am a man of the people. Tonight, a Kelly File exclusive. So even if she's not famous, I will take it. Uh, caller, are you there? Go ahead. Yeah. So I wanted to jump in here and say, for me, I would love to swap lives with my good friend Cheryl, just for a few weeks. I doubt she's listening as she's into country music stations. But even if she was, I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm so envious of what she has. Okay. Well, is she married to someone famous or... Like a rich dude. I'm sure it's a rich dude. There's got to be a reason here. Well, what is the question? Um, so, you got to let everybody hear why do you want to swap lives with this Cheryl lady? No, her husband isn't famous or rich. I think he actually works at an auto parts store, and he's not even the store manager. Okay, but yeah, I, 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 
I think I know the story in this one. Okay. He comes from old money and is just you know, like mm. working now to say he kind of walked a few days in the shoes of an average uh, guy, you know, a member of the proletariat. Uh, that's that's admirable. But you know. No, no, no. I think both of their families were middle class all the way. What I'm saying is Cheryl's husband, Chuck, is a decent and honorable man. And he's kind of cute, too. I would love to swap lives with her, even if for a few days. I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. You know, I always... Spud, what have I been telling you? Uh, Decent and honorable would make a comeback. Did you hear what she said? Yeah, I heard her. So, so this Chuck guy is all that? Really? I mean, really? Uh, can, can I ask if, if he does have maybe just a tiny bit of a gambling problem? Or maybe possibly a fondness for live cam girls? Can you keep a secret? Maybe he's run up a massive, you know, credit card bill. Everyone has something under the radar that can be problematic. Uh, but I seriously doubt it. I know them pretty well. They're the godparents to two of my daughters. Okay, what whatever. I'm saying is admiring the lives of celebrities and famous people might not be all the healthiest thing to be doing. Uh, you know, I have been relaying that advice to Spud for some time. Yeah, yeah, though I have had some great romantic dreams with Kirk Douglas and Tony Curtis in them over the years. But I know in real life they most probably would drop me like a weak old bagel when some young starlet sashayed by. Yeah, well. Yeah, so much better that I should just focus my desires on my postman. Or maybe the guy at the lawnmower repair shop nearby. And those are just two of my many realistic opportunities. Eeny. Meany, miny, mo. Jeez, and I've been accused of being a joy killer. I see nothing wrong with wanting to have a shot at the lifestyles of those we see on TV and in the movies. I mean, that is part of the American dream. Yes. My ex-husband would probably agree with you, Spud. Hey, can I ask how many times you've been married? Uh, well. Honestly, more more than once and less than five. Let's just go with that. Okay, so less than successful in marriage. You know, well, my ex know would that. continually complain about how unhappy he was, that his other friends had it so much better, kind of like you, Spud, only he didn't have a thing for celebrities. That's ridiculous. Yes, Spud's parents always told him the grass wasn't greener on the other side, but with wives two through four, he kept looking just to make sure. Well, hey... For the record, with wife four, it clearly was way greener on that other side. I mean, the grass was brown and dead on her side. Yeah. <clears throat> I need to go now, but just give some thought to the shallowness of worshiping celebrities in their lives. It's pretty sad, you know? Um, I'm kind of somewhat offended by your accusation that worshiping celebrities is shallow. I mean, these people are the greatest commodity America has to offer the world. Where would we be without them? Don't be so overly dramatic about it. But there'd, there'd be no E-Channel, for sure. No no TMZ. No Spud Goodman show, for God's sakes. And for the record, I am the host here, all right? So I, not you, the caller, get to say I have to go. So I have to go. But thank you for checking in with us. No. No, Spud. I think I'll let you go. No, You know, I no. might even listen I'm, to your I'll show let you again go. next week. I'm letting you go. Um, are <laughs> you there? I, I, no, I, no, no. I'm letting you go. I'm, oh, she's I'm, gone. I'm, I'll let you go then. All right. Spud, what a nice woman. 
Hey, I think she might be single, Spud. You should have gotten her phone number or at least email address. Ooh, good idea. Get chance to intern on that right away, man. All right, so hey, look at him. He's sitting over there now playing some stupid game on his phone like always. I know that, dude. All right, let me close the show now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is A View of Earth from the Moon.
The Spud Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pites. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Live music mixed by Brian Martin. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.